regular geeking out here, and then we'll move on, okay? Oh, okay. Okay, he pulls his headlines out of his rump. We start in <laughs> five, four, three, two. I basically think. I'm Spike. I'm Chris. And we are geeking out. Finally, we've we've taken a month off. There's been a lot of stuff that's happened that we need to talk about. Uh, don't really want to talk about, but we'll talk about it anyway. LexCon came and went, and my very first comic book convention, and my very last comic book convention, and that's all I'm going to say. I'm like, so. How you been, Chris? All right. How have you been? Oh, I've been better. I know my knee has not been right since we walked. When we went to LexCon, the the we went to the the Saturday, the last Saturday of Lexington Comic and Toy Convention. We started down at Triangle Park. Anybody who knows Lexington knows. It's it's you going you're going in the front door of Rupp Arena, okay, over on the up by the parking lot. We start at Triangle Park, not a joke, and we go up a hill around a corner, down the the three sets of stairs there that puts us back down at Triangle Park, and then we turn around and go back up the line, up back up the stairs. Don't know what they would have done if anybody had been in a, in a wheelchair, but. Back up the stairs and around the corner and another 200 feet or so to get to the front doors. And that's when they tell you you need to get your uh, toy weapons checked before you go inside. And then you go back outside and you do it all over again. Never again. I'm not... <laughs> Chris treated me to this one and I still felt like I overpaid for this. Because this is the reason I don't go to Disney parks or Kings Island, or amusement parks, or any kind of park, because it, if you go to a park, only one thing is parked, my butt parked in another frickin' line, and I ain't paying that much. Even though you paid, I paid way too much going in there, because I paid nothing, and it was still way too much. LexCon owes me money. Never again. Overpriced, overstuffed, overblown, not for me, I admit. Not my cup of tea. My first convention, my last convention. So I'm going to cut LexCon the benefit of the doubt and say, maybe it's not for me. Maybe maybe it's not you. Maybe it's me. It's not you. It's me. In which case, me staying over here, you guys can have that crap. Because Chris loved it. I enjoyed it. He absolutely enjoyed it because he liked standing in line. Are you done? You okay? You all right? Well, I've been holding that in for a month, so now that I got all that mental constipation out. Ah, uh, <laughs> uh, let's see. Um, what else has happened since we since we took off about a, 
it's been about a month. It's been four weeks since we recorded one of these things, hasn't it? It feels like it. According to YouTube, like according that. to YouTube, our last post was three weeks ago. So, wow. Yeesh. Yeah. Yeesh. That's right. Yeesh. 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 So, we've got a lot to talk about. Like I said, Lexicon. I really don't want to go into Lexicon. Uh, uh, I think there's anything else huge that happened. We did see the Shazam movie. I never posted the video for it because I, I was just so burnt out by the entire thing that it's still sitting on, on the computer in a file. I never put it out, which is just as well because poor old Shazam 2 just crashed and burned in a huge heap. No, I think we were two of the three people in the entire country who saw that movie. So, at least to hear, hear the uh, online guys talk about it. So. Personally, though, I actually enjoyed it. Yeah, you gave it a five. I, gave, listen, I gave it a listen, two. No, here's the thing. I have seen so much crap here <laughs> lately that I just wanted to have fun, and that's what this movie gave me. Even though I just got through watching two very, very, very good movies that did not take itself seriously and had so much fun, which was Mario Brothers movie and D&D, uh, &D, Dungeons and Dragons movie. And I had so much fun with both of these films that I was just like, thank you. Please, Hollywood, keep making more movies like this because I just want to go and have fun that does not involve with political stuff or uh, superheroes, you know? I mean, I know Shazam is a superhero, but even though I do not put that movie in the same category as Dungeons & Dragons and Mario because they were way better movies, but sometimes I just want to have fun. Now, we, we do have, here at Geekin' Out, we have what's called, known as the Rule of Five. Anybody who's seen one or two episodes knows. Sorry. And from, we score everything from zero to five. Oh, believe me, that's probably the most intelligent thing we'll say today. We score everything from a zero to five. So when we do a review for movies, a five is Saturday night with a date, four is an afternoon matinee, three is buy it on Blu-ray, two, get it on Netflix, one, you might watch it for free on Pluto TV, zero, not even drunk. For Shazam, who, uh, Shazam, oh my God, you gave it five. I gave it a 2.99999 because I just could not come up with a, a good enough reason to actually buy the movie, but I didn't hate the movie so much that I would put it any lower than that. So 2.99 basically means I would buy a Netflix subscription to watch it if it was a Netflix original, but I wouldn't. I wouldn't renew. <laughs> you get what that means. I mean, if Mario, you can go and watch that. Yes, we did a review. We did the review of Mario. Uh, we both gave it five because it was yeah. it was a blast. It was fun from start to finish. And Dungeons and Dragons, he did not want to go watch, but I, I did, and I gave it a five. So. Yeah, you've been handing the fives out pretty loose there. Again, you, I... Your movie reviewing Okay, stuff. listen, listen. <laughs> you've seen Mario. You're just tossing the fives. You've seen right. Mario, and the nostalgia that it had for all of its done. Yes. And it was a fun movie yes. that was safe for the whole family. Yes. That's why I gave it a five, too. Dozen Dragons did the exact same thing. 
You had the nostalgia. There was nothing political or over, you know, crossing the line on it. And it was just a very fun, clean movie. Considering your producers on Dungeons & Dragons were bragging about emasculating the, the male lead, it was that was that's the signal that I don't... They're making signals to their hoodlum friends but that, that this is... that was the character is, he played. That in Dungeons & Dragons, the character is just lame. Kind of, you know. yeah, and that happened. I mean, we've we've gone before and why I don't play Dungeons and Dragons anymore because there's always that one jerk who ruins it for everybody. <laughs> I organized, I actually created two campaigns for Dungeons and Dragons like three decades ago. Never again. Not after dealing with that guy. So <laughs> oh, we've that catches us catches us up kind of on our reviews. I, yeah, we did one on Jesus Revolution. So it's been, that's pretty much, this is the most I've been to the movies in probably a year and a half since the, since Kufa Mania started anyway. Kufa Mania. Kufa Mania. Speaking of which, WrestleMania was this past weekend. I uh, don't care. No. We are recording this, by I, the way, on Easter, this, which is April 9th, 2023. Uh, Happy Easter, everybody. He is risen indeed. Now, I'm always saying, <laughs> That's all I got. <laughs> He's lost, man. I saw I the read commercials around the whole WWE thing, and I had no interest because I saw Logan Paul there, and he has no... He shouldn't even be there. <laughs> Logan Paul is a joke, just like Steven Seagal is a joke. He is just... He's pathetic. Actually, hold on. Logan Paul in the ring is a lot better than you think he is. Uh, he he has put on some really good matches. The only time the only time I've ever actually watched him fight was when he went against uh uh oh oh famous, not me famous boxer was it me was oh, me oh Floyd Mayweather yes he talked so much crap about him and then Mayweather who's way older than him whooped his butt and I was yeah, there I to watch it and I was like. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Talk crap again. That's the, in in wrestling. It's known as the the chicken heel. So Logan Paul's really good at that. He's good at running his mouth. In AEW, uh, MJF does the same thing. Maxwell Jacob Friedman. He can run his mouth, and he MJF and Logan Paul are right there in that Roddy Piper mindset where they can just cheese you off so hard that you want to pay just to see him get the crap kicked out of him. It's what the Miz always wanted to be, but could never quite get it right. He was kicked out of Japan because he mocked everybody while he was over there. And then went to the suicide forest, found a dead body, <laughs> filmed that, that entire thing, and was like, look what I found. <laughs> like, I, you are he is, pathetic. He is the ugly American personified right Man. there. So. Anyway. Well, but anyway. <laughs> so, on to the newsy type stuff. You got anything else besides... Here's the funny thing about the, the headlines, okay? Yeah. Every weekend that we do not, that we have not made a video, I have been looking at the news, and there are things that either has been talked about for a thousand times and just we don't want to go over again, or things that just like not interesting enough to talk about. So, 
I have a few news things and things that I thought was interesting, so I'm just, we're just going to talk about it. Okay. okay. All right. Right. First off, the reason why, and that's what everybody is asking, is why. Why? When The Rock decides to do a video announcing that they are doing a live-action Moana. I want to know why in the world The Rock is still doing the XFL. Because The Rock owns the XFL and their ratings just went... <laughs> Third time, three-time losers, y'all. XFL just stinking up the joint and the USFL is about to start. And quite frankly, I don't care either way. I haven't watched football since... Uh, Old Colin Watts-his-face decided to take a knee, and I was just like, and the NFL caved into him? No, thank you. So I've been football-free now for about, what, five years, and I don't miss it. <laughs> and I, I don't, Moana is, what, five years old, and they're remaking this? Disney yeah. Yeah, is creatively is. bankrupt. They are on their last legs. Nobody there has a creative spark. I'm wait, I'm waiting for Walt Disney himself to come out of the grave, go to whoever it is that is in charge now, and whoop their butts and be like, "What are you doing?" The closest, the closest thing I've seen to anything kind of creative coming out of Disney right now is coming out of Pixar. It's the new movie Elemental that they've been working on. Yeah, I want to watch it. I do kind of want to see it, but Disney has. Screwed the pooch so hard. And I mean, Pluto, Goofy, all of them, they've just been ramming them. Didn't even buy them dinner first, not even a can of Alpo. I, <laughs> Disney has such a rotten reputation with me. I'm actually going to hang back the first weekend and see what everybody else thinks. I'll let I know we're supposed to be doing critiquing these movies and stuff, but I don't. I'm Closing in on 52, and I'm woefully overweight, and I really don't need to be putting my heart through this kind of torture. So I'm going to lay back and see what happens on on Elemental and see whether it's actually worth checking out. And, and, and I have a feeling it will not be. Speaking of live action, Speaking there is of, also a new casting, uh, Mia Kaloha, for... To play as Lilo in the live action Lilo and Stitch movie. So, yeah, okay. There you go. Why? Why? I don't know why they're doing this. I don't know. And that's why I know exactly why. Fans were saying the same thing. Why? Why are you? Why? Why? The idea of Lilo and Stitch is that you come up with these oddball-looking aliens and stuff, the perfect medium for that is animation. Okay? Why would you do this? Why would you waste all the effort on CGI? Because you're, because you're creatively bankrupt and you won't let anybody else in because all the, all the no-talent hacks have managed to insinuate themselves into the right spots to force out all the competition and keep them out that's why you're getting all these live-action remakes. Screw Disney, okay? Mm -hmm. Again, this is why I'm not giving Elemental a chance. You're going to have to... The critics are going to have to convince me to watch it. 
I'm not going to make the effort. So that's how bad Disney has become. Disney used to be the gold standard when they were back in the 90s. They were knocking them out of the park. Oh, my goodness. Little Mermaid. It even started before Little Mermaid when they did uh, Adventures of the Gummy Bears, for crying out loud. It came out of nowhere. And then all of a sudden you got DuckTales. They reinvented television animation because you got DuckTales, you got Rescue Rangers, you got Tailspin, you got Duck, Darkwing Duck, and you got Goof Troop, you got all these other characters. And then they and then they parlayed that into their movies and they did The Little Mermaid and Beauty and the Beast and Aladdin and just knocking it out of the park. Knocking, they started knocking, to fail when they start when they bought Marvel and Star Wars. Oh, it was before that. No, 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 no. They spread their cancer of failure into Marvel and Lucasfilm. The the stench of failure came when they uh, when they bought Pixar, honestly. But uh, and it wasn't Pixar that started it. It was Disney. Disney bought Pixar. All the good people wanted to work at Pixar because it was new and sexy, and they stopped doing. Uh, traditional animation. That was the death knell for Disney. So, and if you look, Treasure Planet was Treasure, how Treasure Planet got greenlit. I mean, you can, if you are not smoking the Disney hopium on the Disney sound lot, you see that coming from a mile away and you can just see the brown stench floating off of it. But not Disney. They had put it out there. So, so for the longest time, their last traditional animated movie was Princess and the Princess and the Frog, and everything's been CGI since. I said five years ago, and we are closing in on our fifth anniversary now. I believe it's next month. Five years ago, I said, use CGI like a paintbrush and oils. CGI is more than just 3D modeling. It can revolutionize traditional animation. Absolutely nobody has tried. The closest I've ever seen were people using flash animation. And that is what that is what people think CGI and traditional animation are. It's just flash animation. It's that cancerous mindset that's gotten into them and nobody can see the potential. I mean, think about it this way, Chris. CGI allows you to have depth, right? Imagine taking a really beautifully animated film. Let's take one of the Studio Ghibli films. Name name the most beautiful Studio Ghibli film, because I don't know them that well. Name any of them. Uh, Howl's Moving Castle. Howl's Moving Castle. Now, imagine. Now, that was done with traditional animation. Oil on celluloid, okay? Paintings on celluloid. Imagine doing it in CGI, but you can actually see the brush strokes from the oil paints. You have a, it's not a motion picture, it's a motion painting. You've got to learn how to use your existing tools in new ways. Okay? Imagine Howl's Moving Castle as a motion painting where you can see the swirls of paint. Not, not even the swirls where you have little black outlines, but the swirls within the black arrow, black outlines. You are talking about elevating animation to a level of art that hasn't been seen since, honestly, the Renaissance. So, 
But we just want to sit here and remake all our old cartoons as live-action movies because we don't have any creative spark anymore. <laughs> now, Nintendo and Universal are putting paid to that right now. Mm -hmm. So is Sony, for that matter. Although, oh, Sony, what are you doing? Have you seen the trailer for the new Spider-Man into the... Who's that's... No. Everybody's clutching the pearls because there's one scene with Gwen in the trailer and on the on the wall is protect trans kids. What has that got to do with anything in a Spider-Verse movie, for one thing? That's somebody not somebody that. dropping trout and just jamming the celluloid onto their crotch, okay? They're injecting their crotch into this movie. That is not a good sign. Maybe it comes, maybe it goes. I don't know. All I know is you say, <laughs> you want to get this kicked off YouTube, Chris? Watch, watch me do it in five seconds, okay? You say, <laughs> here we go. You may say uh, preserving or however you pr pronounce it, Gen your gender uh, exploration and stuff, whatever you call kids establishing your own genders and crap, you call it that, I call it infantile genital mutilation. If you are pushing kids to have surgery or undergo therapies Without their and consent. stuff, with, even with their consent, children legally, no, 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 listen, children legally are infants. Okay. Yeah. They have, they cannot be held responsible for their actions. They can't because legally, in the lies of the law, they're infants. They have, they don't know any better. So the legal responsibility for this lies with the mother. And I would argue this is actually a form of Munchausen by proxy where they are inflicting damage upon their children so that they can get attention. Put this together with a bunch of corrupt doctors who get paid extra for, for doing the sexy surgeries by these, by federal law, demanding that the insurance companies pay extra for this, for these sexy surgeries. You have a whole, whole, whole lot of cultural rot and cancer going on there. But didn't we start talking of, talking about Howl's Moving Castle being a motion painting? How in the hell did we wind up here? <laughs> Just right on into the ditch. Let's move on before I start. <laughs> that one is going on a, on a clip out in Rumble, though. <laughs> Rumble's the only place where we truly have freedom. Okay, and before you start the next one, here's the next one. Okay. I know you've been wanting to do this for a living for a while. I never monetized the channel for a very simple reason. I could see this coming from five years ago. Monetization, where you can actually make, they pay you to do these shows. I saw it being used as a weapon five years ago. So I never monetized this channel across any of our things. If we were monetized, it was incidental. We're monetized on Rumble of all places, but nowhere else. YouTube's not monetized. Facebook, we weren't, we're not monetized. Nobody pays us a dime for any of this. Any of it. In fact, it's cost us money to do this. 
But on the other hand, we can say whatever we want. I will say this. I'm going to urge you guys, find us over on rumble.com. Because just like I said a few couple of minutes ago, IGM, I'm going to, one of us is going to say something that's going to take off the wrong people at YouTube and we'll, we will disappear from YouTube. If we disappear from YouTube, we're disappearing from Facebook the next day because they are copacetic like that and I may not even stick around on Twitter for too much longer. So look for the rumble.com webpage, look for who, what, where over there and you will find us there. All of our videos do post there. We get maybe one or two views because it's a, a newer system getting started. But maybe, just maybe, if you if you see us disappear again for any length of time, this last disappearing act we did was because we just needed to take a break. But if you see us disappear from YouTube, run over to Rumble and look for us. We're over there. So, just saying. Hmm. Okay, now those are two things I've had on my chest for a while. Let's get back to the goofy uh, stuff. Goofiness. Uh, Shenanigans. You may have never heard of this uh, movie or comic book or anything, but Scott Pilgrim. Yes, uh, I remember Scott Pilgrim. Okay. It is getting an animated series with the original voice cast from the movie. Um, is happening? That's pretty much all I got. <laughs> I do remember watching the movie oh. and really enjoying it because it was so goofy and it had it mixed with like a comic book with video game adaptation and just brought into one and I did love how they did all that. That's what Scott Pilgrim was. It was a it was a comic book about a video game nerd, but it was online. Yeah. That's what it was. So it <clears throat> So it's a neat idea if you're into that kind of... It's the kind of thing that people who are into that kind of thing will get into. So, yeah. yeah. That's it. So, hey. So, hey. New Scott Pilgrim animated show. Okay. Um, this I'm not actually... I, I'm, I'm, I'm happy about, but... I don't know. I'm, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm happy about. But, yeah, yeah, anyways. They are, and everybody's coming back, for a Shrek 5. Um, the entire cast is coming back for another Shrek movie, and they are also talking about a spinoff for a, a donkey, basically. So, I don't know how Eddie Murphy gets work, but by golly, Eddie Murphy gets work. I know why Eddie Murphy gets work, because Eddie Murphy Eddie still Murphy? has that potential there. You're just waiting for him to be Eddie Murphy again. And... Donkey is the closest he's been to Eddie Murphy since the PJs. So it's nice. and and then of course we got uh, what is it Beverly Hills Cop Four coming on the horizon. Yeah. So can't wait for that. Actually, I'm, it, I'm it'll be interesting. That. I'll be it. Just knowing it's the fifth movie should automatically disqualify it for me. But Shrek One was good, better than it should have been. Shrek Two was a lot better than it should have been. Three and four uh, was about where they should have been. Yeah. So I might give five the benefit of the doubt, but I'm not standing in any lines for it. That's for sure. Yeah. Unlike yesterday, because when, when we saw uh, the Super Mario Brothers movie, it was at one o'clock. It was a one o'clock matinee. 
I had you there. The beloved wife was there. It was her birthday celebration after we'd gone bowling. And and my two kids were there. And and the, the daughter's uh, boyfriend. So there's six of us. The average age is, what, around 30 between the, the six of us? We're standing in line for the tickets. We're standing in line for the popcorn. We're standing in line to get in. The place is packed. One o'clock in the afternoon. It's that would be worth that movie was worth standing in line for. Shrek mm-hmm. Five. I don't. Know. We'll see. We'll see. Mm. So yeah. Um, if you're hearing buzzing, it's the guy next door mowing his lawn and making trying to make me feel guilty. I'm not doing it. So. <laughs> um. So they had the the Star Wars celebration. Why? Yeah, what I, in the world is there left in Star Wars to celebrate? I, I agree. Um, so the, look, if you're if the Star Wars Christmas special is better than all the stuff that's been done in the last twenty years since, or especially since uh, Disney well, bought it. Uh, 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 no. Um. Anyways, so Star Wars. Star they Rick, yeah. uh, announced that there will be uh, there will be another Star Wars movie. And Ray, played by Daisy Ridley, will be coming back for the next Star Wars film. Sadly, Daisy Ridley, who was announced and came on stage, was not meant for kindness. Uh, she got booed uh, and things, which is a shame because I like Daisy Ridley. Daisy Ridley is actually a good actress. But she's one of those that I think should do more. Um, but yeah, I, the last two movies left a bad taste in your mouth. You know, it, it didn't make sense. The last two movies, it it didn't make sense at all of what happened or what was going on between her and the bad guy. You know, it's like, okay, but yeah, so yay. Okay, you said you had Star Wars news? No. Good. Uh, we, we have... Okay, if, look. I, look, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make the call now. Ten years from now, all the cancer at Disney will probably be forced out the door. Nobody's going to remember any of the three sequel films. Nobody's going to remember the Disney Plus crap, except maybe the first season of The Mandalorian. And maybe the last episode of season two. That's all anybody's going to remember about Star Wars a decade from now. Nobody's going to remember Ray. Nobody's going to give a crap about Ray or any of the crap that happened around her. They will completely jettison all of those. Just, just jettison them out the jet lock, and and we'll, once they're expunged from the continuity, then maybe we can get Star Wars back on track. Because mm-hmm. I do know they're working on getting Admiral Thrawn into the Ahsoka series, which is still not enough to make me want to see it. But it's nice to I, see. I, the trailer for the Ahsoka really got me worried. Um, I've been wanting to watch Ahsoka. I thought, yes, we're finally getting that. But all I saw, and I think this is where your politics is rubbing off on me, is that I all that. I saw was her getting a team together, and the entire team is 
pretty much females. So I'm like, oh, oh no. Yeah, that's Chris, going to have to move on to something else because I'm already okay. falling asleep. Uh, well, we talked about Super Mario Brothers so much here. Mm-hmm. Super Mario movie overthrows Frozen 2 for the biggest animated opening record-wide with three, well, 368 million global. Heck yeah. This, when, how can I miss you if you won't go away, is the saying. People are so starved for entertaining things. Yes. And when they see it, they flock to it and just keep pouring money. This is what happened to Top Gun Maverick. Which I still have not seen yet, and I need to because okay. everybody's talking about this. <laughs> this. This is why people flock to the John Wick movies. This is why people flocked to the very first Iron Man. And remember when I said Iron Man was where Marvel came of age and, and they became known as a studio instead of a comic book company? Yeah. This movie is where Nintendo stops being a video company and becomes a studio. So you're go- hopefully Nintendo doesn't go the way Marvel did, where Marvel loses its way on the comic book side. And so the studio eventually runs out of good stuff that are that have been done over the last 60-some years. Yeah. Hopefully Nintendo manages to keep their wits about them enough to keep pouring it into their basic intellectual property. But a $368 million globally in a, in their first weekend, that, that's pretty impressive. Yes. Next on the list. Mm, all right. Well, uh, the Swamp Thing movie is still on the way. Really? And they have found that uh, the writer and director of the movie is James Mangold. Now, listen. James Mangold is amazing, okay? Hear me out, all right? At first, I was worried because I was like, okay, I have heard of this guy's name before. So I looked up all the things he's worked on. I'm talking about impressive. So I'm thinking Swamp Thing is going to be really good. Here's the list of movies he has done. Now, first of all, this movie has not came out yet, but... He worked on the last Indiana Jones movie that's coming out. So there's that a... That ain't a selling point. Well, I know, I know. But Logan, <coughs> he worked on Logan. Call of the Wild, the movie that we went to go see with Harrison Ford. Yeah, which actually wasn't bad. But... Exactly. I, I still think that that is an amazing movie. Oliver and Company. Right. Walk the Line. Which wasn't bad either. Three Ten to Yuma, the remake, of course. Hmm. The Greatest Showman, which mm-hmm. I really enjoyed. And this movie, listen, I have not talked about this movie much, but this movie is a go-see. Ford versus Ferrari. Listen, li- no, 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 listen, listen. I don't know nothing about I'm cars. Not at it. I'm not, I don't know nothing about racing or anything else. But I don't even remember how I, I came to watch this movie. But this movie is so good. I have actually seen this movie at least a good seven or eight times already. If it, if I'm playing a video game that I really enjoy and that movie comes on TV, I'm pausing the game to watch that movie because it is actually really, really good. 
It is really good. So, so that's nice. So he has worked <laughs> on these really good movies that I'm just like, okay, so this guy is writing and directing Swamp Thing. Hmm. Now, if he's writing I it, I am interested. Now, if you've got the same guy writing and directing, yes. The only question I would have is how much of the Alan Moore Tate does he have in it, and how much does he go to source material? He goes to source material where he turns gothic like the way it was intended to be, which is how Len Wayne and Bertie Wrightson first created it back in like 71, 72, 73, somewhere around there. I'm on board. But if we're going down the Constantine rabbit hole again, no, thank you. So I, I, I need more information before I can get excited about this. Plus, it now has, sad to say, the taint of DC Comics to it. Which is automatic, which is an automatic strike, not an automatic out like the Disney name is, but it is an automatic strike against it now. So. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. I, I just know that I I love the fact that we're getting the Swamp Thing movie, which is about time it's been a long time. Mm. But James Mangold, you know, he's he has impressed me so far, <laughs> like because all of his movies I really enjoyed. So I'm 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 good. I'm good. Um, Playmates, is that what it's called? Playmates? Yeah, Playmates is releasing all the classic TMNT Ninja Turtle toys from 1991. I've actually already seen one at Walmart. You actually got my attention because I thought we were talking about some kind of project about the Playboy models, but... <laughs> Not that Playmates. Oh, uh, the other, the toy Not makers. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Not the toy users. Yeah. So, if you are interested in nostalgia in the classic Ninja Turtle toys, you should go see that. It'd be awesome. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I like them. Sorry, I'm falling asleep here. All right, last one, but it's a big one. Oh boy. Uh, so I don't, I don't know why this is actually in the news. What is it? It didn't actually explain why they're Ooh, talking about this, but. Roger Ebert. Yeah. Still dead, by the way. Roger Ebert, who was one of the most compelling uh, critics out there, who, you know, he did the thumbs up thing. With Gene Siskel, yeah. I, I remember watching that their show and just like, yeah, you know, and I'm like, I, I don't know if I agree with that, you know, all that stuff. It was fun. It was fun. But, but he passed away in 2013, but right. left his top 10 movies that you must see. That is his favorites. So, some of these movies I've never even heard of. So, are you ready for the list? Bring it on. Let's see what I say. Number one, Casablanca. Yeah, I agree with that. Best romance ever, ever filmed. Yes, and yes, that means Titanic, too. F Titanic. True. Number two. Number two, Citizen Kane, 1941, starring Orson Welles. I personally consider Citizen Kane to be overhyped. I can see why it's the kind of movie that critics adore, and so everybody feels obligated that they're required to love it, too. I've seen Citizen Kane twice. I'm not going to see it a third time. I don't need to. 
And by the way, Rosebud is the sled. Now you don't have to see the movie. Okay. <laughs> Number three, Floating Weeds, 1959. Mm, never heard that. Haven't heard that one. Number four, Gates of Heaven, 1978. Gates of Heaven or Heaven's Gate? This does Gates of Heaven. Because hmm. they both, Heaven's Gate came out around 77. Unless they, what they put now, the Gates of Heaven is probably right at what it is. Hmm. I haven't heard of that one, but okay, two for two. We're up to number what five? Yes, number five is Le Dolce Vita. A Dolce Vita. A Dolce Vita. Yeah. A Dolce Vita. Nineteen sixty. Nineteen sixty. I've at least heard of that one, but I haven't seen it. But. Number six, Notorious, nineteen forty-six. Well, yeah, yeah. That actually, what, Notorious is Alfred Hitchcock's most underrated film. That, if you haven't had a chance to see it, it's all over the free streaming services right now. Go see it. It's worth a it's worth a watch. It's not that intense drama that Hitchcock got known for with like Rear Window and Psycho and all the other O movies he did, but it it was a pretty good one. So yeah, so we're three. I'm three and three. So far on on the top ten list, Roger Ebert. What's number seven? Number seven is Raging Bull, nineteen eighty. I haven't seen the movie. I know what it is. I pref I've seen Rocky plenty of times. I've never seen Raging Bull because I'm not that big of a Robert De Niro fan. But I I have seen enough parts of it that it looks like it would be a good movie. But it falls again like Robert De Niro. It falls into that taxi driver kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Robert De Niro is kind of that actor who plays parts that you don't really want to get on you, if that makes any sense. Yeah. So he plays the dirty characters, is what yeah. I would say. So we're four and three. We got, what, three to go? Eight, mm -hmm. nine, and ten? What's number eight? Number eight is The Third Man, 1949, I think. Abs oh, absolutely. That's Orson. That's my favorite Orson Welles film. Because that was... It's a mystery, and you don't even realize it. You don't even realize that the mystery is on because it's a mystery movie, but you're looking at the wrong mystery. That's all I'll say about it. <laughs> so I, I did like The Third Man. That, that one, yeah, I would, I would put that one up there. So five yeah. and three. So I'm at this 500 nine. here. Number nine, nine is 28 Up. I know what that is. That's where they started filming these kids in Britain. They, they picked one particular hospital and they had like the spate of births or something. And they keep visiting these kids every seven years. The same filmmaker goes back and revisits every seven years. I think they're up to, I can't remember if they're up to 35 up or 42 up. But their very first movie, I think, wow. was Seven Up, where they looked at all these kids. And then they did 14 up, which is where they go back and revisit the same kids seven years later, and then 21 up, they go back and revisit them as adults. So 28 up is where they've either started families or a lot of them are dead, I believe, at this point. So it, it was a pretty tragic group. So Wow, okay. Slice of life, yes. So okay. we're six and three. Number 10 is, of course, a classic. Mm -hmm. 2001 A Space Odyssey, 1968. It's another one of those critic darlings, okay? 
It's one of those movies that was probably really good at its time, but over time, it's it's almost like people has copied that same movie over and over and over you again. Got it. Mm-hmm. It's been driven into the ground. Yeah. And honestly, if you try to watch the movie and ascertain what's going on, it is so dense that it's, oh my goodness, if you look away from 2001 for more than five seconds, if you're if your phone chirps or something and you look away, you're lost the rest of the phone. <laughs> okay. So it's it's one of those things where it's I don't think it's quite as overhyped as the as Citizen Kane was, but it's it's overrated. It really is. So but, so I went what, seven and three on the I only knew th- there were three of them I didn't recognize. So and yeah, I would largely agree, except for Citizen Kane, which I said, for some reason, critics are pretty much required by law to like Citizen Kane in 2001, and that's why it's on his top. I honestly, the only one I have ever watched, I think I've seen bits and pieces of uh, Space Odyssey. Uh Wow. Yeah, the only movie I have actually watched was Casablanca. That was when I worked at the nursing home and I was in charge of working the VCR. Yeah, and I sat there and was like, oh, I do not want to watch this movie. And then I ended up really liking it because I didn't realize how funny it actually was. Yeah, there's quite a bit of humor in it. Because you have to, because you got to remember Casablanca was made in 42, I think, after after the Americans were in the war. Yeah. And it was, you really needed the levity because it was so, so heavy. So Yeah, that's why and, I didn't think I would like it. And then I was like, this is actually pretty good. It, honestly, so, it, it wasn't intended to be a landmark picture or anything. They thought this would just be a throwaway. But every cylinder clicked and just made it a, made it a legend. So, which is... What happens? You you try to tell the best try to tell the best story you can, and sometimes everything falls just the right way, and you succeed beyond your wildest dreams. So, mm, true. So, so, anything else, Chris? Before we wrap? Uh, no, that's pretty much All right, well, we're going to go ahead. We're just going to cut it off with the geeking out in the aftermath episodes this week. We'll hopefully be next be here next week. Where uh, hopefully we'll be doing an aftermath on Nefarious, which I think you're, is a movie you would actually like. But uh, it's a Christian horror film. So if you don't know about it, I'll tell you about it next week. Oh, I'll try it. And, you know, it's been a while since I watched it. Yeah, like I said, it's, it's Spike's storytelling class, the movie. So we'll, <laughs> we'll see if that vibe actually carries through when I actually see it. So until next time, happy camp for Spike. Chris. And y'all keep on geeking out. Bye.